Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, Dad. Hello, Grace. I'm, I'm, I'm not over the election yet. You look sad. I'm so fed up. You look sad and you look <laughs> tired. Oh, I am tired. You stayed up all night, didn't you, on the election? I was just doing telly all night. And then, since then, I mean, the Labour leadership election is just, just grim, man. Frank Dobson's funeral, that was, that was really uplifting, actually. Mm-hmm. Best funeral speech I've heard in years. I know. I saw Tom. your tweet yeah. from Frank Dobson's son, Tom. Mm. But also, I think, you know, I actually think, Dad, I'm just going to try and switch off from politics a bit now and enjoy Christmas. Yeah, okay. It's just dominated Everything. this period too much. And it's funny, there's nothing you, we can do right now. As soon as you say that, I've not, I've not actually watched the news since the election. Um, Which is healthy, I think, just right now. I did hard talk. Quite enjoyed that. I just don't, I don't want to know who he's appointing in his cabinet and no. what... Friends from school. He's amazing. Nicky Morgan was gone to the House of Lords. And Zach. And Zach got amazing. God, that really shocked me. Yeah. Not. Not. Anyway, move on. Anyway, but it's Christmas, Christmas and we're yeah. excited for Christmas. And this is yeah. our last podcast um, that's coming out before Christmas. And do you know what? We're playing on Boxing Day at Everton. So it's two of Joey Barton's clubs. Well, that's a convenient wow. link. Wow. <laughs> that's a convenient link. So the person we've got on the podcast this week the is same as last part week. two. So we hope that you enjoyed last week's episode. Um, this one, I guess we go into feminism more. Last week was not just football, but it was more football. And this one is much more feminism. We talk about Ched Evans and... Uh, Who plays for Joey. Joey's for decision to sign him after, you know, everything that happened with his going to prison for rape mm. and then getting quitted and and I think I, I challenge him on that. I think it's fair to say you are more engaged in this part of the conversation than than you are. No, than I than you were last week with the, yeah. with part one. But also more than you were. You yeah, were well I thought it was interesting. This one. I was quite quiet because I, I guess uh, it was interesting for me to see your very very strong views about it uh challenging him in a way. But I I thought he kind of held his own and it was very interesting. You know, Listen, I don't think Joey Barton's ever not going to hold his own. By the way, well, no, but okay, but it was interesting as well that he listened. Afterwards, he definitely listened, and afterwards, he said, you know, he'd really like to kind of meet again and chat, chat yeah. over some of these issues again. Cause he yeah. loves talking, doesn't he? He, he loves, loves talking. talking. He loves talking. So, uh, needs no more introduction because you will have already met him last week. <laughs> but let's do our little stupid yeah, yeah, thing yeah. you make us do every week. Anyway, our guest today is part two of the interview on the podcast oh, Football jo- Feminism and Everything Between with Joey Barton. On a scale of one to ten, be completely honest, how much of a feminist are you? What what class class feminism? What what define the, the belief that women and men should have total complete equality um, and should be treated equally, equal uh, opportunities should be represented equally. You know. I'd see. I'm, I, again, I I don't think any of us. So I don't really. I don't like the categories of women and men. First and foremost, I struggle with that. Um, Okay, but there are because because women and men are treated differently. Well, we're they? biologically just completely different. Do you mean? Yeah, exactly. But we're also treated in majorly different ways, represented in different ways. Well, know? we are. We we all are. So I think men, all men, are like you know, 
are treated in different ways as well. I think everybody's treated differently. Okay, but but from birth, women and men are treated differently. You know, even you said earlier, your your daughter's she's a girl. She doesn't like football as much. You know, we are sort of assigned roles from very early on in our lives. Yeah. So that that just is a fact. You know, like women's football isn't taken as seriously as men's football. It's just yeah. a fact. You know. So that's kind of a, an imbalance of of. But again, I disagree with you. I don't think women's football is not taken as seriously by men as women's football is taken by women. Yeah, for sure. But women's football is taken very, very seriously by, by women. young girls. Yeah, yeah. 100%, I mean, which Clark, is amazing. Peter Clark, who plays for us, his daughter's a really good football, and you can see her passion for it. She's enthusiastic about football. But then I guess I it comes back kid. to the fact that football... But she's more enthusiastic about women's football. Probably for sure, and so am I. I'm yeah. really enthusiastic about women's football, way more than men's, but I guess that comes back to the fact sport, that... it's a different sport, though, really, in essence, isn't it? Women's football and men's football. There should be... Women's, <coughs> women's football should be adjusted for women. You know, physiologically, biologically, physiologically, we have to accept that men and women are fundamentally different. Yeah, I don't think anyone's saying that they're exactly the same sport. I don't think the game needs to be massively adjusted for women. Well, I but think the I pitch do sizes think... and the goal sizes and the weight of ball. Yeah, should I think be. But I've, we've spoken to a lot of women in football and they just disagree with that. Like, I don't think you'll hear as many women saying that. I think that's that's the, an opinion of a lot of men in football. Not many women in football. No, are I'm, saying... trying to, I'm trying to talk about it. If, if we're going to make women's football better, better as a spectator sport to stand on its own in the marketplace against men's football if you keep playing on the same size pitch as men with the same size football as men by men's rules you're always going to have an inferior product because men are bigger stronger faster than women that's just biology mm-hmm. there's nothing I can do about that if you tailor it so you bring it so everything's in proportion I think women's football could legitimately make a lot of strides tactically technically way beyond it's it's current limitations because of the physiological output. But then I don't know because you. I would still argue that like the women's World Cup made those strides oh, in a big on. way. I mean, we're watching the game at Wembley. I'm, I'm, this is me trying to help the women's game move forward. We watch a game at Wembley the other day. They have a huge crowd, which is incredible for women's football. Because I remember the early onset of women's football, which was like. Girls, we had a girl in our school, Catherine Conway, who was brilliant at football. She played in our school team until she was about 13. In the boys' team? In the boys' in the team. team. And then was she... Played and then on the playground. Happened? Then what happened was puberty. And it, it, it changed things. I love, by the way, you talk about the early onset of women's football like it was a disease. <laughs> No, no, I mean, the early, you know, the, I, can, I can remember it because I can remember all like the Doncaster Bells and all mm. the really good women's football teams. And, you know, I grew up in Liverpool. As many girls played football as lads. We played on the playground. It, it, nobody cared whether you were a man or a woman or a boy or a girl. If you were playing football at school dinner time and you were good at football, you played. You know, Catherine played with us. As I say, she played in our school team. She played in the boys' team at school because she was that good at football. She was a good player. And f- for a girl, when she went and played with the girls, she was very, very good because she'd been playing with the lads all the time. Played on the playground every break time, every dinner time, and there was no, we've got Catherine on the team. It was, she was as good as, she was better than a lot of the lads. It, 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 you know, certainly in our school, until they started growing and getting bigger and stronger because lads naturally got bigger when they got to like 12, 13, 14, and, and then the games became harder and harder for her. And then I think just the men-women barrier that mm. is not put in by us, because as kids, you don't, I don't think young you don't people think see it. men and women. I think it's school That's teachers changes, and yeah. everybody starts putting barriers in um, to, to protect you know, the, the innocence of, of, of children. That's what was put in. It wasn't like we put them in. And what then, were you going to say about Wembley? So, so then I, I watched the women's game at Wembley and... Because you know, Germany. Wembley's a tough pitch. Mm. Listen, Wem- uh, Wembley's a tough pitch to play on. It's a leg sapping pitch. It's a pitch that doesn't bring out the best in, in terms of technical quality of anybody. You know, it, it's a pitch that doesn't reward everything that you put into it. Where there's some other pitches that you, like Turf Moor's a pitch, where physically what you put into the pitch, you get back out of it because of the response of, and then the way it's structured. Wembley's been designed for not just football. Yeah. So the pitch, Wembley, when you look back and I watch the Stanley Matthews uh, film that's recently been made, Stanley Matthews playing on the pitch at Wembley. Wembley's the best pitch in the country. 
we used to have a bowling green on, a, on an old people's home eh, not a bowling green we used to have a bowling green in the flower park and we used to have a pitch that was on it was at the back of an old people's home but it was their garden but because it was maintained we used to call them Wembley and Mini Wembley <laughs> because they were the best pitches we played on and we'd go and play games of football on them we weren't meant to but we would and in the end they just let us play on there because we didn't cause anyone any problems now when you looked at the old Wembley that was the best pitch in the country so everyone dreamed about playing at Wembley Wembley now is one of probably the worst pitches in the country because all the Premier League stadiums and probably Championship stadiums even so League One stadiums have got a better football mm. pitch than it so I watched the women's game at Wembley which is a phenomenal occasion 80,000 people in the stadium sold out you know it, it's, it's a little bit false because it's not people it's, it's a lot of them fans you get at say the games that are the charity game at Old Trafford uh, the Soccer Soccer Aid where it's like it's not football fans it's screaming young people who are just on a day out and it saves them entertaining the kids at a play centre they take them to a football stadium to watch a game and it's England Germany and I'm watching them take corners and I'm like ah you're not helping you're not helping you're not helping because they couldn't get the corner where it needed to get, get to I'm like, that's not right. So you watch it and you go, I'm watching as a football fan going, nah, this is, you can't, this can't, you can't put this out and expect people to, to buy on this. Not when you flick over and there's Pep Guardiola's Man City playing who are playing f- incredible stuff. It's just not really fair. It's really interesting that because I don't watch men's football, so I don't really have much to compare. So when I watch women's football, I'm so enfused by it because it's women and I, and I don't really have much to compare it to. Do you know but, what I mean? But Which would you make any... But Joey's point about... No, I know, and I, that's what I'm saying, is I don't really have a... Yeah, I, but you, you, I can't but, say but, much. A, women bar. get offended if you say that, but I don't but, see why they should. Uh, but this is... A, so so let's, let's flip it out. Do you like cinema? Do you like movies? Yeah. Okay. So you're going to go to the cinema and watch a, a movie of your favourite film director, the last Quentin Tarantino movie, and it's been done on multi-million pound budget and production and everything's cinematically where he wants it to be. And then you're going to watch a, a, a film that is, is, is inferior in, in lots of ways because of it, the way they've thought about I like the, the angles films. they've shot from. Yeah, it's not, it's not, I don't think it's quite an indie film. It, you, you're putting two products into the marketplace, and I, I think if, if if they just adjusted a couple of things, the women's game is it's already grown really quickly. I think it 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 become. But you need a whole. You need a whole. Would you, you ever you manage need, a women's team? I, I I don't think my skill set at this moment in time would would work there. But at a point in the future, I mean, one of the best managers yeah. I've ever spoken to is a woman manager, Emma Hayes. I think she's an outstanding manager. But commonsensical, whenever I hear her talk about football, she speaks incredibly articulately with a, with a real understanding of the game. So it's not like I'm going, men are better than, uh, than women at football. I don't think we are, because women have very, very great skills in an empathetic space, which would probably make you a miles better manager of people than yeah. it would be yeah. in a man. So, it, it, I think if we're smart about how we work together, I think both games, because I do see them at this moment in time as entirely separate games, could hugely benefit one another and help each other be, become better. We could, we could definitely learn so much from the women's game in terms of, you know, there's many, many things that women are miles better than men are. And we could, we could learn so much from them. But I think if women didn't see it as... So it, I just noticed that you got your back up straight away because I'm saying you should adjust the rules and go, why should we do that with women? It's equal. Let's be realistic about it. Let's let's say... I am realistic, the pitch, but I'm allowed to have so, my So opinion. the size is... A, size of a, I'm not saying, you know, the size of a football for men's a size five. Say, say we move the women's football down to a size four. Well... Would anybody really notice the difference? No, but I, I guarantee you, in terms of the the, the physicality and the and the, and the and the output that would you know the level of passes and and the range of passes some of the women players would then be able to do because the ball's a bit smaller and the ball's more suited to their physiological state. But if you shrink the pitch, you're gonna have to build an entire new. But it's not by miles, Al. It's not by miles. No, you don't. You, you know, we adjust pitches equal all the time. Yeah, the so, equal yeah. union. We're not talking about moving the pitch from like a five-a-side pitch. We're talking about a couple of meters either mm. way. Mm. You know, mm. making the goal a foot shorter either way. It's not much. Mm. It's not. It's not hard. You, you could. You could. You could put another goal inside our goal. Just another little frame, maybe that mm. much. 
But I think it would help the goalkeepers for women. I think it would help, you know, the, because if we're going to make the ball smaller, we're going to make it move quicker because that's what it will do if it, you know, it's physical. You know, the, it, it will move at a different rate of velocity. So therefore, we've got to give the keepers a better chance. So it's, it's, it's all good and well saying, well, we'll make the ball smaller, but then you've got to adjust the pitch slightly. Mm. And I think, I think that the end product would we'd get faster women's game. It would be more. Um, I think it'd be a better spectator sport for men to watch because I want to watch women's football. I can't watch women's football because I don't learn much. I do also think it's about the sort of infrastructure of women's football. You know, like the the reason in America they have so many great female football players is because they're investing from a very young age in women's football. That's not happening here. It's not happening in a lot of countries around the world. It's starting to happen here. Yeah, it's also because American parents won't let the girls play the. Popular sports. sports. Yeah, I know, but what I'm well, saying well, about when we're talking about the question. quality of women's football, I'm saying that once more money gets invested in women's football from a young age, I do think the quality of women's football will improve without necessarily changing like things like the pitch and the goal size. I- I'm completely listening to your point on that, and I don't really have a definitive opinion on it, but I'm also saying that we need to kind of invest in women's football from a, from a younger age so that... Because I don't think necessarily when women hit, hit puberty it would mean that they can't play football. I just don't think there's, like, a space for them as much in schools to be like, OK, well, here's the girls' team, you know? Yeah. But Joey's point is they can't play with boys anymore. Yeah, but what I'm saying, but then there but, isn't but, a girls' but, but, team but this is the in thing, a lot no, of schools. If we want true equality, then we've got, to, we've got to have no men's and boys' team. It's got to be unisex teams, isn't it? So physiologically, you know it's not going to happen, though. Let, let's be honest, it might be one I don't or two. think that's true equality, though. I'm, I just think... Giving what, what men is? and women the it same is, sort of surely. opportunity to have a, a unisex team. Well, no, it's, it's to say anybody can do any job. So if, if a woman can do any job that a man could do, which is true, true equality for me is everybody's able to do everything. Well, we know the world that we live in isn't that way. I can't be the next prince of this country, can I? I can't take Prince yeah, but Andrew's. That's different. That's, HR, very, that's very different because the royal family is completely inaccessible. You could be a politician, you know, in what, the same why way. Is the royal, why, why, because the royal the, family, the way you get into the royal family is you have to be in it by blood. But so this that's what I don't using understand. that as a comparison. No, no, I don't. Really work. No, no, what I don't understand is how we can ask for meritocracy and equality in lots of ways, but then we go, well, you can't really do that or do that. Yeah, on the other but, but that's like the. I, I don't really believe in the royal family. But what I'm saying okay. is that men and women should be able to, like, be on boards, be on the same boards, be in the same part of the cabinet, be leaders of countries. You know, that, those I know, are... I know, yeah. But I'm also told that if I ever meet Prince Andrew or Prince Charles or the Queen, that I have to bow, bow down to them and, and yeah, say which I'm is Well, it's so okay. So so surely, until we've got rid of that, until we until we remove that out of our society, until we remove that, then. Everything else is going to be tainted. Everything else is going to be skewed because you can't ask for equality unless you demand it. That's true. It I completely agree with that. Completely. But then I'm, I guess I'm talking about what you can affect. What you can affect, right? So you have a son and a daughter. Yeah. Do, do you see their opportunities as exactly the same? Well, you'd like to think so, yeah. But, but do you also, think the world is set up for them to be able to do exactly no, the same thing? No, but I, I didn't build the world that we live in you know we try to adapt to the world that we live in and change the world in terms of where we where we want the world to be for for our kids and you know that that was part of your dad's reasoning when he was in politics you try to shape the world um to make it the place that you would have wanted to grow up in you know that's how i see it i mean we can't do anything about the world we grow up in because that's kind of the cards have already dealt but try to shape the world now when I talk about f- football, which is my real skill, you know, my real where I've spent most of my life, um, I, I'm trying to go. How do we help women's football make more of an impact? So it's like I, I, I want to watch it. I, so I would love to be able to sit and watch a, a women's game. Like I, I watch women's tennis, and I really enjoy watching. I actually enjoy watching women's tennis more than I do men's tennis because it's better. It's less powerful. It, there's more rallies, there's more skill, there's more subtlety, there's more um, quality. And I can, I can actually relate because I go, I could, I could physically, with, I could do those shots with the men when they're saving 110 miles an hour. I'm like, I could never do that. 
physiologically I'm never going to be able to get to their life. The biggest influence on my life is my grandmother. And she taught me, you can be whatever you want in the world, you don't have to accept anything. If you want, if you want it enough, you can get out and get after it. Don't ever accept anybody telling you can't do anything. So she taught me how to be in the world. A very, very strong matriarch figure. I think my partner, Georgia, goes about it in a slightly different way, but is certainly from that ilk and from that stock. You've been with your partner since you were really young, haven't you? We've been together for 12 and a bit years now, yeah? yeah. 12 and a bit years, so... But but my daughter's the same. She's the one... My, my, my lads are, are very, very sensitive souls. My daughter's the one where I go... Oh. <laughs> Me. She, she reminds me of me in many, many ways, and I think I, I don't worry about it. You'll be I making a podcast of her one day. I'm like, she's going to be fine. <laughs> she's the least Listen, of my concerns. Yeah. It, just another thing on the difference between men, men's and the women's game. So a lot of women footballers are out as gay. Yeah. And there's uh, so few in men's football now. Is that homophobia, or is it just the fact that there aren't that many gay footballers in the, in the I think men's game? Football, Al, in lots of ways, mirrors society, doesn't it? So we're talking about women's football, men's football, the stigmas attached to it, the kind of sexism attached to it, because it is still relevant in the society we live in. Weirdly, men do sometimes think they're better than women, which surely at this point we realise we're not. Surely every man realises he is flawed uh, beyond his own comprehension and usually needs support in, in putting himself back together because men are very much kind of warriors we, we do lots of things in isolation and women don't they share and they talk and they communicate and they're emotive and they, they're just a lot smarter and better, more rounded people than men in many many ways you basically what you've said is because it's cold not do any shape Fans for possession, sports side of the game, yeah. shape pieces, don't do any shape, don't name the team. Yeah. Yeah, you're happy with that? Yeah, fine. Yeah. I love it. Um, you know, we've got a big Trying decision. We've got a big decision at number nine and, and number nine's in football of like, the divas to the divas. Oh really, okay. So if I'm not there to police it, <laughs> <laughs> it could be uh, yeah. especially today, but yeah, so so for me in terms of uh, 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 how can you you not be aware of that? How can uh, certainly, when when you've 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 had failings and you delve into it and you try and understand why things are the way they are, you, you know you delve into your forefathers, but also you delve into that kind of matriarch line to see where the women in the family come from. Where and actually, the women in my family are a lot more consistent and a lot more rounded than the men in the family. So actually, you know you need to, you need to be aware of that. You know you need to communicate about like, like me and my partner we just go from strength to strength because we talk a lot more you know what she is a much better football manager than me in many many ways and I take lots of my problems I'm like how would you deal with this this has happened in work today and Can you, um, you know many many things that have happened I'm like how are you seeing this and she'll come at it from a mother's perspective or you know she'll just give me a different perspective on things that I just like I've never thought of that. Can I ask one more question? When you just just briefly on the homophobia thing though, if you had a player came in today and said, "By the way, Gaffer, uh, I've been, you know, I'm gay and I want to tell the squad," it'd be strange, yeah, be strange, because you'd know you'd be a pioneer in that space. Do you think there's a pressure now that like the next big, you know, the next player to come out? Do you think there is? a lot of fear for like whoever that person is that they'll then yeah. have to be the spokesperson yeah it's not easy landscape for them it's not it's, it's not it's not an easy landscape have um, you known players in your career who are gay and not come out not wanted to come out you always you, know, you always have you know you, you always have people who you think definitely different definitely different but didn't bother you do you know what I mean it's just like you know, I, I, this this is the thing I, I, I don't get with it, it, it's an it's an ignorance really to think that every gay man fancies every other man is a ridiculous thing mm. to think about. You know, it's like anything. Do, do you fancy every female that you come into contact with? No, you don't. Of course, you don't. You fall in love with your partner and you build a relationship with with your partner and, and 
but that's special. It's not every person that you see. So to think that any gay man in a football environment would get in the showers and go, oh, look at all their dicks, and I fancy them all, and I just want to suck all of them off. Oh, stop it! It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, it's ridiculous. It's a family podcast. But also, that's, we're, 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 we've got to be realistic about things. Yeah, I think so. No, but so the stigma is real? If no, there are... no, the stigma is, is, is real for men who haven't shared dressing rooms and haven't become aware of the world that they're living in. But there must be gay footballers. 100% there right. is. But none of them are out there. Well, so that's hard for them. I, I can't imagine how tough it is for them. And it, it's embarrassing that we've allowed the game to get to this point. I mean... Yet we are trying to do things to make it better, but it's nowhere You've got near your rainbow good laces on. Got your rainbow laces. Yeah, I, again, I thought, felt how that. I was telling, telling us off camera before how it came about. I get I get an email. I was at QPR at the time, and this was the time when I was playing with social media. I was just trying to see what what it was, what was going on in the world. And if you remember, it was one of the early kind of pioneers through it, and it was a disaster zone at times because nobody knew what to do with it. Nobody still Twitter knows what to do with it. Your, like... Twitter for me was just a, 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 a great way to playground, just poke the box. New playground. Just poke the box and just see where the boundaries were and see what everybody was comfortable with. And I, I'm one of them people that just, let's, let's just see how far we can push this. At some point, there'll be a reset button and we'll find out where it is. But if you never, if you never try, if you never, you know, Peter Kay has said, Sport and Chance, he used to talk to me about. My energy kind of being a like a double-edged sword, and very if, if channeled and if it's very very productive and can do wonderful things, but if it gets out of kilter, mm. it can it can cause problems. So once you're aware of that and you're aware of of that power, and I used to resent myself lots of times growing up. I was like, why do I have to be? Why has it got to be me who's got to say that? Or because my personality naturally goes towards conflict. Mm. For whatever reason, I don't know what it is. You know, they talk about fight or flight. I go towards resolution. Let's sort this out. Somebody needs to take care of this. This needs taken care of. So, I would have probably been a very, very good military person. It's twice you mentioned the army, but it was, they were my only options because I'm looking mm. at it going. I had football, the military, and crime, and I knew with crime. Where that goes, and by the way, we were, we were talking about your shoelaces. Yeah, we'll get yeah. back to that. So it goes, it it goes. It, you know, do you want to do you want to get involved in, in in? And there's lots of smart people who who've got involved in crime, done very very well. And I mean, lots of them probably sit in the House of Lords and the House of Parliament. In my opinion, you know, I think there's as many gang, there's as many gangsters in there as, as there is you know in in, in the. Uh, council states and the cities that we that we all frequent and I just think when you get to that point where you know I got an email I'm poking the box and everybody's like right who is this guy what, what this he doesn't fit in the box that we've tried to fit him in because the way they used to be able to caricature you didn't exist because social media changed it yeah it changed the world that we live in and for the better in lots of ways for the worse as well but but I think it's allowed people to connect and, and find common ground and realise that they're not the only people who are thinking or feeling that way, whether it's stamp collectors on Facebook or, you know, the early ones of MySpace that give you, this is the music we were into, this is the song I want to put us, and, and this is, I want to try and connect with other people who like the music I like. So all of a sudden, it was a way of getting community as our communities were breaking down, you know, mm. community centres, and now we're seeing... Community's really breaking down, you know, you know, the support mechanisms for many, many people from all different walks of life being in a very, very dangerous situation where if, if we're not careful, we could end up with a very, very dangerous uh, society. Mm. Um, and a, a malfashion who contacted me, and I remember reading the email, and it was like, I've contacted... And I won't name the names because it's not right, but she'd contacted lots of people who considered themselves to be champions of equality. Uh, equality and, you know, they speak out on lots of things in, in a football space, but they weren't prepared to do it because... What, what, what was, was she, she asking, asking you to do? She was asking me to uh, 
speak to her about a documentary about a, a cousin or an uncle, her sorry, uncle, uh, yeah. Justin, who'd, who'd taken his own life because he was gay. And, and he was the first, the first openly, openly gay, gay footballer. Football. He was obviously black as well, and there was a lot of connotations, and he felt so isolated that, by the, that he'd end up killing himself, which I, you can't imagine being in, in, in his shoes, but it, it, it was obviously a, a society that wasn't prepared for... That, that that situation and you think wow you know that could have been my son that could have been my daughter and we wouldn't want the world and I didn't have kids at the time but I was starting to think about having children and I started to think about fucking hell your kids are going to grow up like I mean you must have it with your dad when they write you know he's a war criminal and, and you know he's not he's a good man he's a good human being but it must hurt yeah to, to read that my kids are going to read about me being a violent man and going to jail and fighting with teammates and and, and as a father, that you don't want your kids to, to read that about you because you want your kids to to know you for the man that you are and you ultimately have to say, well, they will. So you try to do right in the world. You try to champion causes and use your influence or your notoriety for good. And the Rainbow Laces, as I say, I'm out of contact with me. No one would speak to her, you know, people who, when I was like, they wouldn't speak to her mainly because they were shit scared about the stigma of people attaching that day. Are you gay? Is he gay? Is he? Yeah. And I was like, well, so, I, couldn't give a, I couldn't give a shit if people think I'm gay. It's probably one of the least insulting things they think about me. So they think I'm a Neanderthal who gets drunk, fights in town, just this caveman who lives in, out in this football environment and, and stay, if you see him out in public, stay clear of him. He's like Charles Bronson, but like walking around. And the reality of that is not true, obviously. So... I spoke to her mal and I'm like, look, what, what you, she's like, I said, what you need? So, so she tells me what she needs. I said, well, nobody will speak to you about this. I can't get an interview. Nobody will talk on the top of it. So I'm like, I don't really want to be the person that has to say this because there should be a lot of people saying this, but I'll, I'll do this. So I said, I'd love to do it. And like, other people should be doing it, but I'd love to do it. So she comes down to the training ground at Harlington QPR and we just walked around the training ground and had a chat and it was filmed and I couldn't believe that people weren't talking about it. As it was, she put a great documentary out. It started wheels moving. Off the back of that, uh, I got in Stonewall, uh, UK got in contact with me and, and uh, I was doing some stuff with Paddy Power, weirdly at the time. I was going out to their, you know, the big gambling company I was going out to uh, and speaking to them because they just, they're quite disruptive in the marketplace. Yeah. So we sat down and had a conversation and they wanted to do something about raising awareness about, you know, getting this topic of gay people, gay footballers, just getting this in the public domain via the number one sport in the country, which was football. And we sat down, we had a number of conversations, a few things were kicked around about how we could, because you couldn't put a political message, you couldn't pull your shirt up anymore, the, the powers that be, they'd sanitise that. Robbie Fowler showing solidarity for the Dockers. Now nah, you're not allowed to do that. You'll be fine. Don't do that. That harms the product. That harms the marketability of the Premier League globally. Don't do that. We can only do things that we can monetize and we can sell and we can profit from. And it became a corporation because we went from English football becoming the national game to English football becoming a corporation that, like Apple, that makes billions for the economy. And it can lose its soul when you do that because you become a number, not... So, so who... So, so, then so that's when we, the... we sat down and had a conversation. It, it, we come up with the Rainbow Laces idea and I was like, yeah, that'll fly. They can't do anything about that. We had a... So, did a Rainbow Laces... Uh, so and I long hair So, you, were you the first Rainbow Laces boy? So, I was the first player to ever wear Rainbow Laces, but I also had long hair at the time, so I wore a headband in, on the photo shoot. But obviously... That opened up a floodgate of Joey Barton's gay, obviously, everyone then, you faggot, you're gay, and I'm just like, seriously, because I've got, like, laces in, like, if, if yeah, no problem. If that, yeah, yeah, no yeah, problem. good for you. But also, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, so, so, so the, by opening that, that opening up, it showed me, actually, because I wasn't aware of it, because I wasn't a gay man, I wasn't aware of it, until I did that, and then you realise that the, the imbeciles out there who had, who had these closed minds, who were in football stadiums, these relics of a bygone era who just didn't have an education, basically, mm. just hadn't had um, exposure to common sense. And you go, wow, we are that far. We, 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 in some places, we are genuinely that far behind. And to see it go where it's gone and the FA pick it up, because 
nobody wants to be the early adopter, do they? Nobody wants to be the first through the wall. You know, the first person through the wall ends up bloodied always and it's going to be the same. You know, we've had players come out after the playing careers or, or mm. we've had players come out in other leagues that aren't as... Um, prominent. Prominent. And look, you know, if, if, what is it, one in ten men are gay? You know, there's a lot of footballers. You know, you live with rational. Yeah. Uh, you know, not that we need a kind of witch hunt to find out who they are because it, it will eventually Change. play out. I think the challenge is not for the gay footballer to come out, for for all of us to create a landscape where no one's even that bothered about yeah, it. Yeah, and when and people, people don't feel so feared about coming like, out. Where it's just like, yeah, he's a footballer. He's yeah. gay. It will get there. We're getting there. Yeah. It's, it will take time, and I think the current political landscape will slow it down rather than uh, yeah. move it because there's so many sides now to pick. You know, we're just inventing categories for people now. There's just, Bre- are you Brexiteer? You pro- we're, we're, we're isolating people. So we're not, we're not bringing people together. We're forcing people apart. And if you do that... Makes it harder. Makes yeah. everything harder. Mm-hmm. Everything's better when you think... You don't have to think alike. But you that know, we're in But you have to think together. In some way, yeah. You have to have conversation. You can't debate anymore. You can't have a conversation anymore. It's, you just get attacked. You know, the attacker, you're an anti-Semite, you're a... Well, not, are they, really? You're a racist? Are Can you? I ask you about... I mean, s- bear in mind, I've been to jail where I've, I've, I've seen people who are racist, I've spoken to them, I've seen they're in there for things, and the, you speak to them and you go, yeah, you just, you, you're just you not the full shilling. You're mentally ill. It's not... It's, you're, you're mentally... You know, you, you should... You need mental help. Mm. And... If we cut, so you've got people who go into a system to get mental help, they don't get it in there. It, they come back out into a system that is now geared even less for them because they can't get a job because they've been in prison. The support network and the services around those people aren't there anymore because they're being cut or they're being, certainly, you know, we haven't got enough social services, we don't have enough in the NHS. Can I ask one, can I ask so, one? so we end up with. We will end up with the Joker. That's what we'll end up with. Can I ask you one question, and then we probably should do the... That, have, you t- have you told me? Yeah. 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 Um, you know when you were saying there was a piece in The Guardian about you having no black players in your... Atlantic. It was in The, Atla- was in the Atlantic. The, the Athletic. The oh, athletic. sorry. Which is the subscriptions, the paying mm. behind the paywall subscription. It's, it's okay. Yeah, it's so, okay. wait, when that happened... they got to produce content. When that happened, did, what, like, what did you think? Were you like, well, okay, we already, I need we were to already aware about, of it. Right, you were already aware of it. We were already like, aware of it. And I was, I, I was like, what are you trying to say? Like, what, what are you trying to say? You're trying to say we're racists, because if you are, it's incorrect. Um, are you trying to say there's a, a weird thing happening here where we haven't been able to recruit players for our first team to make our first team better that we haven't managed to get in the building but we've been actively trying to recruit mm. anybody we just want good people good players well barely to say we've got very few black players well it, but, but also you've got to think about there's many factors at play do you know what I mean there's many 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 factors at play um, in terms of signing a football player it's not as straightforward as we want him we're going to sign him it just doesn't work mm. like that mm. you know it's logistics families moving there's mm. resettlements you've got to factor in many many things mm. and for a club with our financial resources it's not that possible it's tough it's, it's did you have any are you are you you're not stingy like Sean Dyche no I, no. I give I, I'm, the, I'm the last to get paid <laughs> I'm, I think I'm the most underpaid man in football <laughs> I genuinely think because I don't do it for that. It doesn't sign new players, new, new staff, and go, all right, I'll pay for it. Yeah. Like, for it. <laughs> because they help me do my job better. So yeah, like, fair enough. Uh, why would but also, I? Why you're would loaded. I, you're loaded. Well, you've yeah, had a career. I'm not loaded. You're well off. I'm, I've done okay. Yeah. yeah, I've done okay. But I've worked hard for that. Also, I haven't. I haven't just been given it like Listen, a lot of people about, in society talking about re- <laughs> recruitment did you have any doubts about signing Chet Evans given that you're a bad yeah. boy but given he's a bad boy as of well of course I did of course I did I think, why would you make your job harder why would anybody mm. want well you to might make your job want harder? to make your job harder because that's the sort of personality you are no I don't want to make my job harder everybody wants to make the job as easy as they can but somebody needed somebody needs to to give people a chance, I, I, I know the, the 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 man from 
when I'd, I'd knew him as a young player at, at Man City, he was coming through. I hadn't really stayed in contact with him, but I'd obviously seen the case play out in the media as, as I had. Many of the things I've done have played out in the media many times. And I have a different way of uh, filtering what I see as the national interest or the national media's interest. And you know, you watch it play out and then you see what happens and you go, okay, uh, not a great scenario, but as, as young men, you know, you kind of understand it happens in the world that we've lived in. You don't, you wouldn't want it to happen to your son or your daughter, but, it, but listen, there's a lot of things that go on that we all don't want to go on because there is a, there is a, a Hoover, sorry. The, the, there's a lot, there's a lot of things that yeah, happen that. Well, that sounds, that's really loud on the headphones. Sorry. And if, 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 if I felt, if I felt Chet Evans had, had raped somebody, I would never have signed him at this football club. It would have been impossible for me to have to have. But a lot of people him. do think. I mean, I know the case yeah. played out, but a lot of there people are do. a lot of people that think that he's a rapist. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, I don't, and I don't know the man. I don't understand. And in a, again, I didn't win in the court. I don't know. I haven't read the papers. I wasn't privy to what had gone on in the courtroom, but. Has it given you a lot of backlash? Like, have did it get you, you know, in in bad press? Has I, it given I, I don't you a lot think it's helped me. I don't think it's helped me. I don't think. I think it's you know, there's certainly a. I feel that there's definitely well, there's a hundred percent a national news agenda to paint me as a certain type of person. But that's I mean, why it's interesting that you that you did that because I think. You know that that is something that that will get, guarantee give you some bad press. You know because there are a lot of people that think he's guilty. But f- w- when you analyse what I've actually done, I've actually given a chance to somebody who's clearly made a mistake in his life and doesn't want to continue making mistakes in the life. I mean, you know, we all make mistakes. The scale of our mistakes vary from person to person. But. What, if we're not going to rehabilitate people, if we're not going to help people find a different way or get better, then, well, I guess then what's the point? In his just, case, what, it's what kind of the, take him outside and shot him? In his case, it's kind of the, the girl, her whole life got ruined. You know, she had to move, she's had to completely change her identity because her identity got revealed. Her whole life was ruined. His life has been rehabilitated with a lot of people helping him. I guess that's that's the difference to me. I don't really want to properly get into this because I want this. I like you, and I don't want to actually probably have an argument about no, Chad that, Evans. It's but that's kind of what it, I feel yeah. is that like his life was very easily rehabilitated after everything that happened, and her life was completely ruined and will never be the same again. So it's a valid And it's something that I guess people don't think about. And now he's just you know playing again as as you know well, back he, to normal. He was found to be innocent. I know, yeah. and, and that's you know what. That. Yeah, I know that. I know that. But what I'm saying is, there are a lot of people in the country who still think he's guilty. A lot of people who followed the case but, very closely. So, so, so we what, can what argue. We Rape off, is very hard. It's a very difficult thing. Yeah, but what, what do we go off? Do we go off? What do we go off? Do we go off? Is it? I'm mainly more talking about like that girl's experiences right now. I'm not going to sit here and be like he's guilty. I don't. You know, I'm not a judge. I'm not a lawyer. I'm, that's not my world. All I'm going to say is it's upsetting, I guess, to watch that her life got completely ruined. Um, where she she had. Do, do, uh, see, I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not, I don't know this person, and I'll explain this to you as best I can. So, if you ever go into prison, prison's a tough prison, it's, it's not straightforward. That's why it's the, the place you get sent when society deems that you need to go there. And to go into prison as a sex offender on a rape charge is a different prison that you go in as somebody who's had a fight with a couple of pints in them in a, in a city centre. It's a different prison. It's a prison where you go in, where you've got rapists and you've got sex offenders and you've got paedophiles all around you. In, in fact, you're actually segregated with those types of people. Now, if you've been proven innocent, which Chad has, that's all we've got to go on, and 
you've had to spend two and a half years locked up, not surrounded by those people, not speaking to anybody, going into solid, solid, solitary confinement. Solitary confinement. You know, th- there's a very, very vulnerable man there as well who's been caught up in this. Now, I wasn't in the room. I don't know what went on on that night out. I don't know. I wasn't there. You know, clearly they've gone back to the room for some kind of things. I don't know. I went in there, so don't know what's going on. Would I want my daughter to be in that situation? No, not a chance would I want that. Would I want my son to be in that situation? Not a chance would I want that. But the, the, the options we have are we judge everybody on what they've done and then we might as well take them outside and kill them, shoot them, execute them, do what they do in America, lethal injection. Is that the society that we want to, or that we want to build? Or do we want to stop things like this from happening? And the only way well, to I stop think... things like this from happening is by discussing it sensibly. Yeah, which is why it's good that it. we're having this conversation. You know, I think too often we just have conversations with people we agree with. And on this... We, there are things we're going to disagree sure. agree on, for sure. I guess, you know, and I completely understand, appreciate your point, and I guess all I'm going to say is I, I don't agree with the process of victims of rape coming forward. She was meant to be anonymous. Her sexual history got brought up in court, and this is nothing to do with, like, Ched playing for Fleetwood, but what I'm saying is I don't... I disagreed with that whole process of what happened there, and I guess I just found it hard to watch how easy it was. And, I, you know, did, he went... Did you not think... Did you not think that... Like... That, see, there's, there's, you have to put context to this as well, so... The, 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 contextually, before... Ched's case gets into the courts, you had a few instances before where other high-profile footballers had kind of been... You know, there was the Newcastle players, I think, Titus Bramble, Keaton Dyer, a few of those type of players. There was a few things rumbling on about rock stars and footballers, and it was it was before this kind of Me Too, you know, this kind of film. Clearly the world that we were in, whether it was politics, there was politicians, there was leaders of religious organisations who yeah, were abusing and privilege and abusing power. Know, that's all bad. Like, that, so that doesn't normalise any of this behaviour. I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying... I'm, I'm, I'm completely with you. I'm mm. saying it's not correct, but what I'm saying, society, it wasn't like it was just footballers who were going out and taking advantage of women. You know. No, it's society. Well, a lot, of the, ones, a lot of the ones you mentioned was so, actually so, used to So if we flip this around, well. there's, a lot of women who, there's a lot of women who take advantage of men. You know, women who go to concerts and want to sleep with married members of rock bands, you know, so... so I know, I don't sex, buy the sexuality that, that like and s- hungry, well, though. Sexuality is used as a tool by both sexes. You know, it's, it's part of our primeval kind of being. It's, 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 it's ultimately what we're all here for, isn't it, to procreate? Is that not what we're here for, to keep the species <laughs> in existence? <laughs> so listen... So let's do... Dream six aside team to save the world. <coughs> that we move on a different tangents and time. Yeah. So six aside, six aside team to save the world. Three men, three to women. Save the world. Dead or alive. Yeah, you've, we've talked Who about. Who are we playing against? It's the, the you're world. You're the captain. You're the world. To... The world. You know, the world's all going to shit. Isn't that fascinating? You've you define it immediately it. as an enemy. No, you, you need to. <laughs> you need to know what you're the fighting first, against. You're the first person that's asked. Right. The world's in a mess. You've, you've, you've got, got, you've you've got, got six you people. Six people to help you fix it. Six people to help you fix the world? Yeah. Okay, well, there's not really many footballers, is there? Dead or alive as well. They can be dead. Footballers? No, no anyone. anyone. Oh, people. Anyone. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, great, yeah. Ah, uh, <laughs> I think we can definitely do with having Christopher Hitchens back at this moment in time. Really? Yeah. Yeah, we okay. need some good, we need some good debates. We haven't got many good debaters okay. about now. Whether you'd agree with him or not, he was a fantastic debater. Fantastic. All right. Okay, Christopher Hitchens. Yeah. I think Martin Luther King would be fantastic to have back at Definitely. this moment in time. Definitely. <sighs> there is a side to me that would have liked to have seen more of JFK, because to see whether he actually was a good man or not, because depending on which... Which conspiracy which theory you believe. <laughs> it seems like he had great principles, but he but also then, seems like he was part of a very, very... You know, the old man was clearly a mafia... Boss, very, wasn't he? <laughs> Joseph Kennedy, clearly very, very influential 
uh, human being, um, certainly when you think about his... So JFK? You'd rather JFK. have JFK than Trump, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, Trump would be a fucking nightmare, wouldn't he? Fucking hell. be a nightmare. I'm, 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 He's not Trump, a team I'd, I'd actually would like to meet him, but he just needs a slap, doesn't he, Trump? He just needs, like, to settle <laughs> down. Violent, you get violent again, Joe. No, no, no just to settle down. You don't know everything. Like, just settle down. No, but he's a narcissist. Yeah, he just needs a reality check. Like, hey, you're not that good looking. You're not that good. You're not that important. Yeah. You're not that clever. Yeah, you know, all the things no, that... He just needs a reality check. He just hasn't had checks and balances in his life. People saying to him, no, mate, you're actually a bit of a dickhead. Because everybody needs someone around to say, stop being yeah, such that a cunt. Is true. Well, Stop <laughs> you being. Listen, right, we've got children listening to this program. But three no... women. So, we've got yeah, Martin Luther King, JFK, and we've got Christopher, Christopher, Christopher Hitchens. So, there's a lot of talking going on. So, we're going to need some very, very uh, powerful doers, assertive women in, in, in the world. Uh, Your grandma? Yeah, my, my, gra- my grandma. I think she'd sit in the background, my grandma would take a lot, a lot in. Um, it'd be great to see who she thought was a decent person or not, so for sure I'd, I'd, I'd love my grandma to that. And also, um, she's one of the best judges of people I've ever met in my life. Usually she thinks you're, you're a good person. She gets it relatively early, though. She's got a phenomenal um, way of... Mm, some people just do. Just natural way of doing mm. it. Um, so for, for sure I'd love my grandma to be in there and then try to think of like women who've influenced me over the course of like my life journey when I think of you know my life pretty much been spent in football you know pretty much spent in and, and I watched Graham Norton last night and I had a newfound respect for like Hillary Clinton you know, I watched her and I thought wow like it's she, clearly she's a she's tough as old you know, boots. She's she's got to have been to survive in the political landscape that she's survived in. But I thought she showed a real empathetic side to her that I thought, wow, we've had a seen this. And I was an American voter. I'd have definitely voted for mm. you on this. Why didn't you show people this? Mm. Why did you go like? Why don't you just be yourself? Because uh, herself would have been good enough. And you can. Uh, and I thought it was quite nice that she had Chelsea with her, and she spoke about the the. the the, the problems having Hillary and Bill Clinton, you know. As uh, your parents. First lady, you know, and then running for president uh, to be the first woman president of the US, which is a country that's got lots of crazy shit going on. And then you've got the the daughter of that saying the impact it had on her. And I just thought, wow, like, I'd love to 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 sit and just just converse with, with her and just say, how, how, how did you deal with this? How did you deal with that? Because... She must have a phenomenal skill set. She must have a phenomenal toolkit. And I think a toolkit that they could definitely do with in mm. terms of their governments. I think, I'd love to see a run for president again rather than Bloomberg, mm. whoever's she going for it she now. I know, it. I can't I think, see. Yeah, it's but hard. It, but even though, well, hopefully she's, she's inspired the next yes, generation. You know, because we all stand on the shoulders of giants. You know, everybody stands on... The, the great people that have been before and pioneers in, in many ways of what the, what's been done before. And I think if that's the foundation that the next great female leader of America comes out of, then I think the, uh, the world the, the would be a better place if women were running countries because they're better than men at, at many things. One of them would be leadership, I think. Yeah. Because <laughs> they, they lead every single day. The families, you know, in many families, I mean, women lead. And what, who's your third woman? Third woman, um, I'd like to go for someone from like kind of music and a musical background. I, I'd, I'd love to speak with Amy Winehouse. I think I think um, the, the torturedness of a, a genius, and I just think she just needed people round her just to say no, that's not okay to do that. And seeing somebody just die in front of you, basically, you know, massive Amy Winehouse fan, I thought the music she wrote was incredible, I thought her talent was incredible, and she was obviously very, very fragile as a person and used different coping strategies to try and make sense of the world that she was in, and I think just to just to give her a hug, just to be there for her and just say everything can be okay, she must have been so alone 
sorrow. Yeah, it's home such a sad story. I think sitting amongst, you know, I, I like vulnerable people. I'm, I'm drawn to people who are vulnerable because I'm vulnerable myself, and uh, vulnerable people help me, you know, understand that it's okay to be vulnerable. It's fine to not know. It's fine to not understand what you're doing. It's fine to be not good at things. It's it's okay. It's okay not to be perfect. It's okay to fail. It's okay to make mistakes. It's, and I think the world that we live in now tries to tell people that you can't get anything wrong when actually everyone gets things wrong all the time and the best people get things wrong more often but just find a way of getting through it and I think, you know, to speak with people like that, I would love that in terms of a football thing to speak to Johan Cruyff as well because I just think he's just a fascinating <laughs> character and, and, and people who have strong opinions, I think and if you sat at that table, you know, Oprah Winfrey's another one. I'm like, mm. I'd love to speak to her. You, you could be here all day going through, couldn't you? I know. There's Oprah's... probably 50 other people I've forgotten about. I mean, yeah, I it's good to Yeah, I like Amy Winehouse. But, but, but <clears> I think <throat> uh, talented people and, and flawed people, that, that that's everyone. I believe, my belief is, and me and my missus were debating this the other day, because she says I have like a, a kind of confidence, stroke arrogance, and I'm, I was given it by my grandmother because she told me you can be whatever you want to be, just because you're from this background doesn't, you know, don't let your past define your future, and you can you can do good in the world and whatever it is that you're into. And I, my belief is, and me and my missus were talking about this the other day, I have a belief that everybody has innate genius within them. That's something that they can contribute to the world that they mm. are fantastic at, and. A lot of people don't ever get the chance to, to showcase that because of the cards that they dealt as, as young people or the schools that they go to or the job opportunities or the life choices they make or the circle of friends they keep. And I think you've got to try and find that, try and find the greatness within everyone, you know, whether it's a homeless person or a, a member of the House of Lords, that they will have good and bad in them. And you've got to try and get it out of them and find common ground and work towards something with them. What a fun day out at Fleetwood, Dad. We did have a nice time, didn't we? And then we did, and it was sunny, and we got to walk, go into the dressing room, and we met a guy who works for, who is Joey's security guard to stop <laughs> Joey from getting into trouble. His full time security guard. He's not really. He said he was. He was a joke. He's got a job there, but he, I think I think they all see their job slightly to kind of keep an eye keep, on him. Yeah, fair enough. Um, he needs a lot of carpet down. Up, he? Yeah, he does. But um, Fleetwood, I quite liked it up there. The lovely hotel, lovely views. Yeah, we've already met. We've already. Oh, we said that last week. Didn't we? um, but I guess you know, interesting. I actually am happy that we had Joey Barton onto the podcast. I did not. Dis- I did not agree with him on a lot of stuff, but I actually found it really interesting talking to someone like him who is so widely kind of people imagine what he's like. I mm. think a lot. Mm. And people imagine what he thinks, and it was interesting just to uh, sit down with him. I'm not sure. And there are a lot of people I know who would still n- would still always call him a scumbag. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, but it I was very interesting. Hardison is a very good player and uh, did a great job at Burnley. Now the other thing is, I did after the election. Uh, I did about 24 hours when I did loads of media and I thought sod it that's it enough just don't do any more but I promised to do Stephen Sacker BBC World Hard Talk programme which is you know quite a good interview programme and do you know what he said to me what he said you get some great guests on your podcast Uh, I said yeah he said I'd love to get Joey Barton on Hard Talk so I'm going to mention that to Joey yeah I mean he he loves to talk he loves to talk. He said he said last week, didn't he? Do question time again? Yes. Um, I don't think he'd be good on hard talk. Yeah. So there you are, Joey. If you but listening. who knows? Maybe he'll be managing Everton before not long. Everton Burnley Boxing Day—that's a big game. They're all big games now, Grace. Are you going up there? I think you'll find it's one not to miss. Well, and then we're off to Scotland. Good luck to you. Good luck to Burnley. Up the Clarets. Uh, Merry <laughs> Christmas to all of you for listening. Thank you so Thank much you for, to our podcast. for your support and have a great Christmas. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.